So last week, we kind of took a look at the projections, right? Who was being projected to be in the college football playoff? Well, now we know who it is. We have the four teams. They played the conference championship games. And so now we have an updated list, TC, that kind of gets into, uh, okay, these are the four teams. Who's likely to make the title game? Who's likely to win the national title and that sort of thing? So we're going to take a look at those four teams today. Yes, we are. And uh, uh, a little plug for ourselves, um, even though I, you know, a couple things last week that we had said, um, I think still hold true, some of which the data backed up, some of which just the eye test. Um, the top four probabilities, um, they're the ones who made it. Again, yep. the top three are pretty easy. We talked about that. OU made it in. Um, Utah, you know, stumble on Friday, and that was enough to knock them on out. And um, with Georgia losing to LSU, made that uh, – the committee got it easy this year. Yeah. Um, kind of got a free pass. They got the – well, these are the obvious four, four conference champions from the four of the Power Five – the Pac-12 once again just hanging out in the West Coast. There, um, this oh, sounds like P- they Pac-12. got some uh, PG&E issues to deal with anyway over there <laughs> in the West Coast. From uh, what I just heard of Business Casual, so. yeah. Thank you, for, thank you for that plug. Uh, there you go. Thank uh, you for that plug. Well, not only does the Pac-12 have it tough because nobody stays up and watches their games anyways. Yep. But uh, just none of their teams have been that outstanding recently, so yeah. it makes it harder to justify trying to like squeeze them in in a year where like. You know, you could have put a lot of different teams there in that four spot. Realistically, looking back last even like 10, 15 years, you know, you had the USC run. Once that ended, um, you've had, you know, Stanford's had a couple good years. Oregon had the couple, especially yeah. when Mariota was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, just about every other conference, I could list off about 10 teams, I think. Like, oh, yeah, in the last 10 years, they were pretty good that one year or yeah. couple years. Can't really do that in the Pac-12. So, yeah, um, it's, it's and that West rough. Coast bias, I, I do think it is a thing. I, I know when I, you know um, – Baby's down for the night. Wife goes to bed Saturday night in the fall. Um, I head to my uh, man cave, pop open a, a couple <laughs> adult beverages, and I'm always happy because even though I'm watching football all day, now at 11 o'clock at night, we're in the second quarter of the right. Arizona State-Utah game or you know, or whoever it is. It's unwind um, time. Exactly. So uh, as a football fan, I enjoy it, but, man, I feel bad for – um, the, those Pac-12 teams where about 90% of the co- country is either asleep, out for the night, not interested at that point. Yeah. So, um, but let's get back to the teams that actually matter moving forward here. No offense to the Pac-12. Um, so now that we've kind of seen how they played out, um, and I will say I, I, I maintained last week that according to my eye test that Baylor was a better team than OU. OU just had the explosive offense, but I still like Baylor more. Um, I'm still riding that bandwagon, just so you know. I still think Baylor is a better team. I think that they proved this weekend that they can match OU. They took OU um, to overtime with, with a third-string third quarterback. quarterback. Yes, exactly. Their second-string quarterback went in there, and I guess they tried to run like the wishbone or something. Cause I don't know if that guy um, has really thrown a football. Definitely an impressive athlete and runner, but I, I, I'm not sure why he was ever the backup for being honest and transparent. It's hard there. to imagine Joe Burrow at LSU not just absolutely carving OU to pieces. Two pieces. Yes, when they third string freshman is uh, is looking pretty good. And, and yeah. Charlie Brewer's a good quarterback, but he's not he's not Joe Burrow or right. you know, Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. So Exactly. Um, I think OU's in some trouble um, coming up here. Um, and uh, we're going to pop back to the 538 stats, the one that kind of led our conversation last week to yeah. look at the next ones. Um, so when we're looking at it, the best chance to win the entire playoff, actually not the number one seed, not LSU. It's still Ohio State. Um, and that is to win the entire championship. Um, LSU and Clemson are close. OSU is at 34%. LSU and Clemson at 29 27% respectively. And our friends north of the Red River had only 10%. Ooh. Um, and so that's looking at, the, again, that's, that's two rounds you know, from now. We're, we're looking. So just to advance – 
Um, it's pretty clear which of the two games is probably going to be more interesting. We have a 55-45 split for OSU and Clemson, mm-hmm. um, with OSU getting the slight edge there. Um, LSU 67, OU 33, so 2-1 to one that LSU is going to beat OU. Frankly, that still might be a little generous. I, I, I agree with that. Ten times that OU maybe gets one or two. I agree um, with that big time. But, hey, you never know what will happen. Um, but, again, these are all kind of standard numbers, pretty much what you'd expect. Um, the things that kind of stuck out to me, um, outside of 538, CBS had a couple articles I thought really interesting, mm-hmm. um, looking specifically at LSU popping over OSU for the one seed and how much does that matter. Um, again, the kind of fans' eyeball test is, well, yeah, they went from playing OU, who I think we all agree is definitely the, the weakest of the bunch here, to playing a Clemson team that hasn't lost in two and a half years, um, that has a guy at quarterback who can still turn it on and probably is going to be a number one pick um, when he comes out a year and a couple months from now. Right. Um, I don't think anyone would pick uh, you know, playing Clemson over OU. So uh, that definitely hurt him. But the percentages, actually, um, from previous to this weekend to after this weekend. Um, so looking at their percentage chance of actually winning the whole thing. Um, and keep in mind, we actually lost two teams from that. Utah and Baylor were both considered in that last week. They both had a very good chance. Yeah. Um, so we dropped two teams. Um, the weird thing is a lot of the percentages for these teams didn't change that much with one exception. But Clemson actually went up 1.1%. Interesting. I think that probably the biggest factor there was the fact that they made Virginia look like a um, high school football yeah. team. Um, They've been doing yeah, that to everybody. Yeah, good, good for Virginia for getting there, but I think we called that one. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma, um, I'm sorry, OU um, has a 0.4% better chance. So even after going from Utah, Baylor, and them all fighting for one spot to them actually having the spot, mm-hmm. their chance of actually winning only went up 0.4%. Um, I don't think that's a lot of confidence in the fact that OU is going to have much of a chance in the first yeah. game, and even if they pulled the miracle, that they'd be able to pull two. Um, Oklahoma, I'm sorry, Ohio State. Too many O's, U's, and OSU's <laughs> and stuff. Um, Ohio State went down 3.2 percent. Um, that's a big shift because again, they have to play Clemson now. They're in that one seed. People yeah. might have been thinking they might have an easier first game. But LSU increased 15.7%. Wow. So we're talking, again, teams moving a couple of percentage points. LSU made a massive jump in their likelihood, according to these models um, from these simulations. And, again, a lot of that is rooted in the fact that um, if they advance, how likely they are to win and how likely are they to advance. You kind of had to look at those separately. Mm-hmm. And LSU is just so much more likely to advance than any of the other three teams, um, obviously over OU, but then the other two that have to kind of go through each other to get there. Right. Um, actually, I did a couple of calculations based on these models and some that was interesting. So if they advance, what are the chances that a team wins the title? Um, the weird thing here, LSU is not first. LSU, if they advance past the first round, only a 43% chance of winning the title. That's really interesting. Clemson and Ohio State, both over 60%. So what this is kind of saying, this is back to that 538 model. What it's saying is that, yeah, LSU is going to get through. They have the best overall chance because it's almost like they have a buy a little bit. They're Mm -hmm. kind of treating it that way. Um, But the winner of the OSU-Clemson game, they think is actually going to have a better chance in the title game. I'm not sure I agree with that, just looking at the teams, but also based on the fact that they're going to have a lot tougher game, probably, you know, maybe uh, That's a good point. take a more couple more licks, but uh, um, get a little stronger, identify some weaknesses there. Um, OU has a 30% chance if they advance, so that's pretty much saying not a great chance to win the first one, and even if they do, eh, still not looking too hot. That's really interesting. Now, so part of me always wonders when it comes to these types of things, like 
what what all is factored in, right? So Ohio State, I was seeing this, Ohio State has a bigger margin of victory over ranked teams than LSU this year. They've beaten more ranked teams than LSU. But, of course, that's all human ranking, right? And right. at the end of the season, I think Penn State and Alabama finished with the same record. But you can't tell me that Penn State's a better team than <laughs> no, Alabama. I mean, you could you could try to make that argument. I'm not going to buy it. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when LSU beat Alabama with a healthy Tua and that sort of thing, Alabama is a better team than Penn State. So it doesn't matter to me necessarily that LSU played a close game against Alabama and Ohio State blew out Penn State. So if that's part of the rankings, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily know that I buy the formula that would say that Ohio State's a better team than, than LSU. I, I would completely agree with everything you just said, and I think you probably just shown a perfect light as to why we are with we are why we are where we are hmm. um, when it comes to the committee and having a committee, having yeah. a group of people who can take the data they take the fpis and the rankings and the ap polls and all these polls and everything um they take all that into consideration Mm -hmm. there is that human element they take the data and they kind of have to decide um okay we have this we have this we have this you know sometimes again it's a consensus in this case at the very end point it was well all three of those sources probably said hey uh, Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU are all in. Uh, pretty easy. Yeah. Um, but they have to kind of consider what else is out there, and I think it's because there maybe isn't a perfect formula. Mm-hmm. Like you said, uh, those rankings all have human kind of impact in them. And, you know, injected yeah. in there, it, it can make trouble. You know, make it difficult to really identify what the root is of a team, how good they truly are. Um, again, OSU blowing out Rutgers by 70 on some random weekend. Um, I don't think LSU, you know, I, I think the bottom of the Big Ten is worse than the bottom of the SEC. How do you factor that in? Well, you, well, you don't really. It's yeah, just, uh, yeah. It's ranked opponents. It's this kind of goes arbitrary. back to, w- to what we talked about uh, one time, that you, you can't just look at data. You have to use data and common sense, right? Yes, and, exactly. Uh, and it's not just a go with your gut. It's take all the evidence that you have at your disposal and make the right decision right and that's kind of make the best decision that you can with the data and the information that you have available and i think that's why there is a committee because just like in business you take all that data you take all the information but then you also inject a little um you know human idea yeah a, a little gut a little you know idea a little perspective a little vision and that sort of thing and then make decisions like that moving forward yep absolutely so it's going to be interesting. We're going to see what happens. We're definitely going to revisit this um, when we come back from the uh, holidays and see how the uh, first round went. Maybe have a title game, uh, uh, you know, a showdown um, kind of episode where we uh, really dive into the two teams that make it. Yeah. Um, just for the record, I think we both are obviously on LSU. Who you got? Ohio State, Clemson. Oh, that's so hard because it's going to be such a good game. You know what? I'm going to go Clemson. I'm going Clemson too. Really? So, so yeah. I think Clemson has the defense that can kind of neutralize Ohio State's biggest weapon, which is J.K. Dobbins, right? Like yep. running back, everything Ohio State does kind of revolves around that running game. But if Clemson can neutralize that just with a front four or, you know, one or two linebackers, then you can also kind of shut down Justin Fields because you're not blitzing, you're not bringing extra people into the box. You're going to neutralize Ohio State's biggest weapons and uh, kind of shut down that high-powered offense. And then I think Trevor Lawrence can make the throws necessary for Clemson. I completely agree, and I think what it might come down to is the fact that we're going to have two pretty young quarterbacks in this game too, yeah. you know, sophomores pretty much. Um, one guy's done game. it before, though. Yes, and that's yeah. exactly it. One guy has done this and did this last year, did really well. Um, the other guy is kind of new. Um, and by the way, I agree with J.K. Dobbins being the biggest weapon, but not if you ask the Heisman Committee, who apparently thinks Justin Fields deserves to be in New York, but not Dobbins. But anyway, we're not going to go down that path. They're all much. playing for second fiddle anyways. Yeah. 